the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Monday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Damian Colado. Hey guys, happy Good morning. morning. It's Monday. Mm-hmm. It is. And it really is Monday. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. First Monday in Lent, Damien is back with us. Yeah, that's so, your penance now. There you go. I'll yeah. just take the rest of the day <laughs> off now that you're here. <laughs> Welcome back, Damien. Well, good to be back. Good to have you. really is. So uh, to, in order to kick off our morning, uh, today is the feast day of St. Conrad of Piacenza. Ah, so uh, we are go. going to offer a prayer for St. Conrad in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord God, you alone are holy, and no one is good without you. Through the intercession of St. Conrad, help us to live in such a way that we may not be deprived of a share of your glory. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about St. Conrad later on during our Saint of the Day, but we're starting off at 7 after over at Happy Italian Restaurant in Harahan with Chef Lenny Minatello. He joins us today to talk about why he underwrites and supports Catholic community media. Uh, And we're going to talk about his wonderful and delicious menu at 7 o'clock in the morning, which is definitely going to get us all craving (laughs) pastas and marinara sauce and anything delicious that has to do with Italian food. So looking forward to talking to Chef Lenny today. In 18 minutes, Steve Ray joins us, Catholic convert and pilgrimage leader. And today he's going to be talking about the day and the life of the Holy Family. So looking forward to hearing Steve's insights. As always, we always learn something new with Steve Ray. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us, co-author of the book Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today, and on Mondays, he joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And in 48 minutes, Livy Reeves joins us. She's a licensed therapist over at Woman's New Life Clinic, and she's going to be giving us her monthly update of what they're up to over at Woman's New Life. So we're looking forward to today's show with some wonderful guests and great information. And Damien, we're looking forward to your weather report. What do you have for us? Well, it should be a nice day once things start warming up. It is chilly this morning as you walk out the door, but it is going to be a very nice day to say the least. No chance of rain. The high today should be 64. All right. And uh, slight winds out of the south, but overall, Pretty good. Tomorrow, the rest of the week, in fact, should be just fantastic. Temperatures are going to be in the 70s, increasing a little bit each day, Tuesday through Sunday. Little or no chance of rain. It will be breezy, but overall, it's going to feel like the beginning of summer, and we're not even into spring yet. (laughs) Temperatures in and around the area 
As I said, uh, chilly in some areas, Baton Rouge and Covington, both reporting 33-degree temperatures right now. Warming up already in Homo Thibodeau at 38. Bay St. Louis, it's 37. In New Orleans, it's already 43 degrees. So, uh, as I said, should be a little chilly today, but overall, very nice. Well, I like uh, the way it's going. It's, it's President's Day, oh. so it gives us, uh, there might be a lot of people who are off today to get a chance Indeed. to go out there and have a long weekend. Sunshine and warmer weather. Boy, that would be, I mean, look, the sun was out yesterday. It was just yeah. cold. It was but, just, uh, it was still yeah. cold. Yeah. That's right. Boy, the so, rest of the week sounds like but it's playing out nice. Exactly. You notice that the sun is coming up earlier, too? I know. Can you believe daylight savings time is going to kick in March 10th? March tenth, early this year. Oh no! Okay, why? Because you don't like it. You're gonna feel. You're gonna feel it that longer morning. Days. <laughs> yeah, it's longer days. It's gonna be dark days. again, but I'll take the longer days. You are absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I like long days. <laughs> Me, Me too. too. Okay, well, don't go too far. It's five after. Good Monday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's Gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 25. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. I'm David Dawson, along with Damian Collada, who is back in studio, and Gabby Smith. And right now, we have one of our wonderful underwriters with us this morning, Chef Lenny Minatello. He's with the Happy Italian Restaurant in Harahan, Louisiana, and that's right across from St. Philomena's. Uh, did I say that? Is it St. Philomena? Hey, Chef, good morning. St. Rita's Church. St. Rita's. I don't know why I was thinking St. Philomena. Anyway, it's right across from St. And look, my wife and I went to your restaurant, and I was delighted. I had a wonderful time. Chef, I I, I pulled up and and said, oh, well, look, it's it's a pizza place. It's cute. It's a small little place, I thought. And when I walked in, boy, I was blown away. How many tables do you have in your restaurant? We have eight. Eight and uh, we've seen about 45. Yeah, we have another five at the bar and two outside. Yeah. 
yeah. Well, it is like I said. I was I was really taken aback when when the uh, waitress uh, gave us the menu, and it wasn't just pizzas. And uh, look, chef, I printed up Saturday's menu. Uh, this this past Saturday's menu, your dinner specials. Okay. Yes, sir. And if you don't mind, I'm going to share a few of these things that that, that I what I thought was a pizza place has. Okay, y'all ready for this, Damien, Gabby? I'm ready. All right, diver mm-hmm. sea diver sea scallops and Gulf shrimp and garlic butter Pinot Grigio sauce. Yeah, that's nice. that's not a pizza place, y'all. Mm-hmm. Right, chunky Maine lobster ravioli. Okay. Mm. All right, you ready for this? A USDA prime twelve ounce uh, pork uh, porterhouse. Wait a minute, it gets better. Fig balsamic sauce you know hmm. yeah. chef <laughs> what are you yeah. doing back there <laughs> <laughs> he's creative oh, we're having fun yeah we, yeah. we enjoy uh, we enjoy um putting forth uh our best effort and we thank uh, thank god for our talents yeah yeah th- uh, talk about you you have a yeah is that you back there doing all the cooking Myself and my son, and then we have one one other guy, uh, Steve. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, my goodness. How long have y'all been open, Chef? Uh, we've had the lease about 11 months. We, I mean, 11 years. <clears throat> uh, we opened June 13th, 2013. So uh, June in June, it'll be a total of 11 years that we're open. My goodness, my goodness. Well, what an extensive menu. And look, I didn't even get to the wine list. I showed the wine list over here to uh, to Damien, and I don't think I've ever Double, seen a wine list. Two columns. Yeah, yeah. Damien wants to know where Probably you keep all that 40 wine. Wines. Yeah, I, I want to I know where you keep that, Chef. I mean, yeah, we, got, we, got a, we have a little over 65 wines. Yeah. And um, we have a little storage area nice. at the rear of the restaurant near, near the office where we keep uh, keep. Some some of the wines, the summer refrigerators um, at the bar area. Well, yeah. the food the food is really really good. And uh, do do you get uh, do you get a lot of folks from uh, church across the street there, St. Rita's? We do. Yeah, right. we do. Well, we wonderful. We do. Well, look, you've been supporting yeah, the local, us. The local the local uh, people have really taken care of us. Probably about eighty percent of our business is repeat locals, and then we see about twenty percent new. And uh, we certainly uh, have been successful with our uh, with our spots on your radio station because people come in and tell me that they've they've heard us on Catholic radio. Oh well, fantastic, fantastic! That's what I was going to ask you next. You've been supporting us for a while, and uh, how did that come about? I mean, we're we're honored and we're grateful that you support us, and 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 why why do you support us? Yeah, well, you know, Vince Liberto came and saw me. Yeah. <clears throat> and at the time, we had stopped uh, radio advertisement, and I thought it was very economical, yeah. and um, I thought we'd give give it a shot, and of course, it's been successful for us. Oh, that is fantastic. That's fantastic. Plus, I mean, Chef, you're also doing a, a, a great cause here, too. I mean, you, 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 because you are supporting us, you know, we've got uh, a lot of listeners, and I met a lot of them at a men's conference this morning, too. And, hey, Chef, you're changing lives. You're doing more than just cooking good food. You're actually changing lives here. So, uh, so people are tuning in, and, and you're doing well for yourself. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Well, look, uh, I appreciate you joining us, and and look, we're gonna we're gonna tell us your hours. We're Wednesday through Saturday, okay. eleven a.m. to eight p.m. Okay, no break in the day, all day. Wednesday through Saturday, eleven a.m. to eight p.m. Okay. We do catering any day, um, on and off the premise. We travel about sixty miles outside of a restaurant. Oh, we okay. Do okay, wonderful, so wonderful. We do, we do Thibodeau, Homa. Uh, 
Covington, Mandeville, Slidell. Okay. Well, I, I guarantee you, it's it's worth the drive. My wife and I had a wonderful visit, and and it this is a destination just to come into town. Just to, you know what? We'll come into town next time. We're going to go to Mass, and then we're going to come across the street and see it. And then, now you're and, talking like a Batrugian. I am, but you got to understand, he's in Harahan. He's in Harahan, and yeah. everybody in New Orleans knows where the happy yeah. Italian is. Oh. Just know that. Oh, and real quick, Chef, <laughs> I, I I got about fifteen yeah. seconds, and I forgot to ask you your Lenten menu. Do what do you have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, we have currently we have alligator ch- chili. We have the we have shrimp every day. We All have right. uh, this week we have swordfish quarantine. We have catfish with pecan rice. Nothing yeah. is ever fried at the Happy Italian. Everything is baked or broiled. I love and it. Like I said, uh, like us on Facebook and love us on your Facebook. You got it, Chef Lenny. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for All right. Salute. Yes, indeed. All right. And we, we come back. Oh, I'll be talking to Steve Ray. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 19th. Today we celebrate Saint Conrad of Piacenza. An uncontrollable fire changed the life of today's saint. Born in 1290, Conrad was hunting one day in his native northern Italy when a fire he lit got out of control. It spread to nearby fields and to a large forest as well. He fled the scene. Meanwhile, an innocent peasant was imprisoned, tortured into a confession, and condemned to death. Overcome by guilt, Conrad confessed and sold all his possessions to pay for the damaged property. A short time later, he and his wife agreed to separate. She entered the poor Claire's monastery, and Conrad, then 25, joined a group of Franciscan hermits. Despite his quiet life, Conrad's reputation for holiness spread quickly. To better focus on his prayer life, he moved to a remote spot in Sicily. There he lived for 36 years as a hermit, praying for the world and for himself. People suffering from various complaints came to him there as well, seeking cures through his prayers. In 1350, Conrad died, kneeling before a crucifix and praying for the people of his town his burial place soon became a popular shrine. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. 18 past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Damian Collada and Gabby Smith. And right now we are joined, rejoined by Steve Ray. He's a Catholic convert pilgrimage leader and today we're going to talk about a day in the life of the holy family good morning steve good morning david and uh yes this february is the month of the holy family so i thought that would be a good topic to discuss today Mm -hmm. you know and when you said a day in the life of the holy family i think you you would be quite the expert on that because you have been uh, everywhere in the Holy Land. You know all the customs and probably the history there and what what life is like and was like, huh? Well, I think so. Um, I've sure made a study of it. We've yeah. been to the Holy Land over 200 times, and I, I've given a talk in Nazareth at the House of the Holy Family, which was a cave, by the way. Oh. Probably 75 to 100 times I've given a, a 
half an hour talk there on the day in the life of the Holy Family. So, you know, they lived a much different life than us, and and it's uh, important to understand how they lived because I think it really gives us more respect and love for them than, than if we thought they just lived like us. How big was the house? Or the cave? Well, it wasn't a house. Yeah, it how big was the cave? cave? Yeah, uh-huh. that's the thing, see. It was um, it was enough to hold them, and I've been down in there. Mm-hmm. It's probably the size of an average living room of a, somebody's living room. And the, the city of Nazareth was just really a village. It wasn't on any major streets, right. and it was not mentioned in the Old Testament. A backwater village of roughly twenty five caves where people lived, huh. and um, they would build like a facade in front of the cave. And that's where they lived. And there was no water. There's no plumbing. Mary had to get up in the morning because this was a woman's work. Men didn't do this. Women did. Then she'd go with all the other women early in the morning to the well, which is 15 minutes away, to get water with a jug on her head. I sent you some pictures of that. Wow. And um, then they would carry the water back and go back again in the evening to get the water. And when I'm there, David, I always ask that uh, there's always families on my pilgrimages. So I always ask one of the young girls, do you think that Mary, I, when she was a little girl, say your age, when she lived at Joachim and Anna there in Nazareth, do you think she liked getting up in the morning and going to the well to get water? And all the girls say, no. <laughs> and I said, I think you're wrong. Really? I said, I think you're wrong. You know why? Guess who, guess who else is at the well? Ah, the other, girls. the other girls. Yeah. So that was and a there's time no visit. Twitter, there's no Facebook, there's no chats. If you wanted to meet up with your friends, you went to the well. That's where men found their wives, too. Moses, Jacob, uh, Isaac found their wives at the well. So the well was a great meeting place. Wow. But one question I always ask to, to get people started on this topic of, in the, of the Holy Family and how rustic it was and how they lived is, I ask people, what is the first thing the Holy Family did in the morning when they wake up? And everybody says, pray. Mm-hmm. And I said, is that the first thing you do in the morning when you get up? And they go, well, no, we go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and if you live in, it's right, and people don't think about that. No. They think that, that Holy Family, they walked three feet off the ground and had no bodily functions, and they didn't have to do, eat or do any of these other things. And so then I said, and if you live in a cave, where do you go to the bathroom? Yeah, not said, in the cave. Outside the cave. Yeah, I, that's I, I would imagine, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so... Uh, right away, that, that question, that's how I start my talks in Nazareth, because right at that moment, everybody has to shift gears in a way and realize, first of all, that the Holy Family was like us. They didn't walk three feet off the ground. They got up in the morning. They were like us. Mm-hmm. And they also, they lived a much more rustic life than we do. And those two points right there set the stage then for my talk that I give called The Day in the Life of the Holy Family. Okay. Uh, you know, what I'm curious about in Nazareth, as far as uh, what parallel it is, uh, uh, what's the weather like there? Is it is it like it is here in South Louisiana or up where you live, or what's it like? Oh, it's not up where we live. Okay. I'm sitting here right now. It's 21 degrees, and there's snow <laughs> on the ground. No, no. And it's not going to get much better later today. Okay. Um, I have been in Nazareth. It, it snows maybe very rarely but but no most of the time it's very temperate it would be like maybe living in georgia or louisiana i would say do you ever you get snow down there ever very rarely and and when we do it pretty much shuts things down yeah yeah and that's pretty much the way it is here i've been there before where it rains three or four inches in a day Mm -hmm. but it's very we every time we go there it's very nice when we go in the winter we take every year we take a, a family 
Christmas programs where people bring their families, grandparents bring their grandkids. It's very, it's, I'll tell you, it's more That's powerful cool. for the kids to do this. And when, when we go in December, January, we wear jackets. Yeah. But it's, unless you go up to the Mount of Transfiguration uh, where the wind is blowing, it's a little colder, but it's, it's very comfortable usually okay. down there okay. in Nazareth. I just, I just like to put myself in that of, place, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's it's fascinating to do that. Um, it, when Jesus and the Holy Family were there, it was maybe 200, 250 people because you had 25 caves. How many can fit in a cave? So it kind of limits the population. But today it's a city of over 100,000. So it, it, when you go there today, you have to use your imagination to think about what it was like back then. But so we talked about what Mary did. She went to the well the first thing in the morning after she sent her guys off to work. You know, they got up in the morning and they also prayed in the morning and they they chanted. They had they did the psalms you know oh, how yeah. we have regular readings at mass mm-hmm. well they the jews had also regular series of readings that they did and certain prayers and it wasn't you know it was an evangelical protestant i used to think they'd get up in the morning and say dear god we just want to thank you for yeah. this day we want to thank." but the, the, they they may have prayed spontaneous like that as well but they had the prayers like we as catholics do the prayers that yeah. they would pray and then joseph and jesus would go off to work and so what did they do for work you know when you get 25 caves just imagine that you're a salesman for a company uh, how do you get enough work you need a you need a customer base yeah. where do you find enough work if you only have two 25 caves joseph goes next door and says hey josiah i'm here to work and josiah said jo- joseph you fixed everything last week right, right. I... so but there were there was a, a major construction site an hour walk away, and I, I know how far it is because I've run from Nazareth down to Sepphoris and back just to get a feel for where they walked to work. Okay. And the Romans are building a massive city there at the time of the Holy Family. And I, I'm convinced, and most people are, that Jesus and Joseph and the other men of Nazareth got up early in the morning, they ate their breakfast, their wives gave them a bag lunch, and off they went walking for an hour while the sun rose, and they arrived at Sepphoris, and guess what they did there they didn't build tables and chairs they cut rocks they yes. quarried rocks out okay. of the hillside and even today when we drive on our bus you can see the big quarries i say see those quarries that's jerusalem limestone and that's what see when you live in, in uh capernaum you built your houses out of basalt rock because that's everywhere and it's flat there's no cave but here in sepphoris it's also flat but they had stone and what did they do Joseph and Jesus, I'm convinced, were stonemasons and day laborers, and they worked all day long cutting, chipping stones. And I'm convinced that these guys were tough. I would say that would build some muscle there. Yeah. Oh, my Mm. goodness. All day long, Mm -hmm. hefting rocks. Yeah. Up on, and when we take people to Sepphoris, I say, see those stones there in the wall? And on, any one of those could have been put there by Jesus and Joseph. Wow. Well, well, Steve, that to me— that, that links where Jesus tells Peter he's the rock and also the cornerstone yes. he mentions. Oh, okay. okay. I see where that comes into play now. Maybe so. Yes, and also, what is Jesus doing? He's building the church. How did he learn how to build with his father and working uh-huh. all day long with rock? So the city and he says is. it were stones put in. The, he doesn't. This he doesn't say that you're a piece of wood put in the temple. Right. He says right. that you're a stone put in the temple. Why? Because that's what go. he built, right? The city of Sepphoris. That's the and name Jesus of it? And, yes. Okay. Yes, Sepphoris. Okay. In, Jew, in Hebrew, it's Zippori. Okay. All right. Zippori or Sepphoris. 
Yeah. And I'm convinced that these guys are tough. You know, you see pictures of Joseph with his flower he's holding and yeah. Mary. She's yeah. just right out of the beauty parlor and Jesus with his curly blonde hair. <laughs> they, they weren't from Sweden. They, these were Middle Eastern uh, semi. Right. <laughs> and J- Joseph with a flower, I think, doesn't do anything for us guys sure. to make us want to emulate the Holy Family. Right. The reality is Joseph could have picked any one of you guys up and thrown you over a wall without even trying. Right. He right. was one tough guy. Well, he'd been lifting and rocks was, all day. I always say, yeah. that's right. I'd yeah. like to say that he's like a, a fist of steel in a glove of velvet. He's, he's a tough, rough man, smells of perspiration, flies buzzing around his head, camel dung between his toes. But Joseph was also in, inwardly very righteous and a holy and gentle man. Steve, so if we were to go there, and I mean, I, I'm sure hopefully that'll happen soon for you, that that, that can get going again in Nazareth May. itself. Oh, May. All right. I like your attitude. That is fantastic. Um, mm. uh, are the caves still there, all of them? Yes, in fact, the Church of the Annunciation, which uh-huh. is the biggest church in the Middle East, okay. it'll hold 3,000 people. And when that is built over the cave oh. of Joachim and Anna, where the angel came to meet Mary. Okay. And that is, you can still see with the cave. And in there is the altar under that church in the grotto where the cave was. And I like to tell people, we pray the first joyful mystery there of the Annunciation. And I say that 2,000 years ago, if you stood here, you would have heard and seen the angel say that to Mary right here at this place. You, This is where it happened, right there. Does not the hair grow up on the back of your neck Isn't when that you beautiful? think of that? Right and there. I, and yeah. Mary probably just came back from the well and, and, and just walking through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> and she arrives at the cave, and the angel comes and gives her this message, 15-year-old girl. The, and so that cave, on the altar, it says, the Word became flesh here. Here. Oh, my goodness. That, that. That, that does give you the chill. Steve, thank yeah. you once again for joining us. I love the way you put us in, in there. And uh, we are looking forward to talking to you again really soon. Very good. Thank you. God bless all, all right. of you. Come thank to you. Israel with us in May. CatholicConvert.com. Thank you, Steve Ray. God bless. All right, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Alan Migliorato. It's the bottom of the hour on Wake Up. After the hour, 25 before the top. Happy Monday, everyone. Thank you for coming back and joining us. With us now, Alan Migliorato, author of a number of books and founder of AdventureCatholic.com. Today, we're going to look into a study that just came out that focuses on what successful parents have in common when it comes to raising Catholic kids. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy to be here. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, yeah. You and I uh, Mm -hmm. both were missing in action uh, last week because we were off due to the Mardi Gras holidays, but it is good to have you back. And uh, let's focus on this because this study is interesting, to say the least. It was done by CARA, which is the Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate over in Georgetown University. And it showed that only about 15% of children raised in Catholic households grow up to be faithful Catholic adults. And what they're trying to do is put a positive spin, and I don't mean spin in a negative way, a positive uh, impression on this because we got to look at the positives in order to raise good Catholic kids and future adults. 
For sure. You know, we always have to look at our strengths and, and what we're doing right. And I think that one of the things that we can do right is to look at, at what we're doing wrong. And so I don't know that it's a, a negative to, to look at a failure, you know, and say that, hey, what are we doing wrong? If, if you look at some of the other studies that are out there, it makes sense. Only 70% of Catholics believe that the actual presence of Jesus Christ is in the Eucharist. Mm. So if, if, you, if you correlate those two numbers, it makes sense. If we're keeping 15% of our kids, are we really keeping 70% of those adults who are, are not really believing? And I'm not saying, like, you have to, you know, you just have to go, okay, I believe. But, what I, you know, what I'm saying is, like, talk about it as a family. Like, if there's struggles that we have as families, and, and when we don't rely on one another and we don't talk to one another and have this dialogue and say, hey, you know, um, well, how do you feel about the Eucharist? Like, do you believe that that's really Jesus Christ? Or, like, what do you believe? Well, Mom, I think it's symbolic. You know, well, okay, well, what do you mean symbolic? You know, it's, it's not really Jesus. Well, why don't you believe that, that it's really Jesus? Well, Mom, why do you believe? And now we're, we're at a point where we may not have that answer. We, we may not have the answer of why we believe and why we don't believe. We can go and, you know, and, and all kinds of speculative theology on it, and we can also go to the history on it. Did Jesus use the word phago or tro- trogo? Mm-hmm. And did he mean to gnaw, or did he mean it was symbolic? So, like, we, there's a lot of history that, that we just don't know unless we dive into our faith. Yeah, it's in great chat, to, to yeah. be knowledgeable, right? Yes, indeed. right. But yes. kids don't care how much we know till they know how much we care. So we've got to build that relationship. And and Alan, you know the old saying: charity begins in the home, and the foundation needs to be laid there, and not relied on CCD classes or uh, youth groups. Nothing against you, but you all those are important aspects, but they are to help reinforce what I believe the parents should be teaching. And if a parent doesn't know, what a great opportunity to stay with your child, even teenager, to say, hey, Lay, let's Google it or let's let's open the Bible or the catechism and look for the answer together. That way it doesn't look authoritative, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. just don't end up on, like, Wikipedia or something. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) You know, go to a good source. Catholic Answers, I mean, you know, Adventure Catholic, we got a lot of resources, too. And, you know, reach out to somebody who you know is knowledgeable in the faith. Like, seek wisdom from the wise, right? So don't ask people who, who don't know. And, and and ask a priest and ask, you know, if there's there's resources at your church. Youth group is just a support for the parents. Mm-hmm. So is Catholic school. We're, we're there to support the parents. But if the parents, you know, are, are don't understand or they're not really in it, you know, and in, 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 into their faith, and it's just kind of a side, you know, a side dish to everything else that they got going on, then that's why we have 15% of kids that are still staying Catholic. And, and really, you wonder out of those 15%, if those 15% are Catholic, are they growing up to adults? that are 70% that don't believe out of the 15%. So we really got to start uh, focusing on, on building that relationship and, and making Jesus a part of everything we do, not just compartmentalizing him on Sunday. Yeah. Well, right before you came on, we were talking to Steve Ray, and he was talking about the family. This is the, the month of the Holy Family and how Jesus was taught by Mary and Joseph, uh, the the. Jewish customs and traditions of faith, and we need to continue that, and and that's what's going to make our families holy and and what we should work on in practice, no matter what it might be. And the study wasn't necessarily to have a checklist of things that you should do, but what are some things that people who are listening right now say, hey, what can I do with my family to kind of lay the foundation for a good Catholic faith? 
pray together. It's, it's so simple. You know, we, we always look for these, these uh, voodoo <laughs> kind of yeah. fixes, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, you got to have four black cats and the hair of, a, of an owl. Like, no, pray. Like, pray together. Yeah. Pray before meals, have dinner together, pray, you know, read the scripture and ask your kids after Mass, hey, what'd you think about that first reading? And they're going to go, there was a first reading? Right. I, I didn't right. realize there was a first reading. <laughs> you know, like, but talk about it. Talk about our faith whenever you have a chance, you know, like, and, and, not, and listen, it's great to talk about it, but put it into action. Like, feed the homeless. Go, go feed the homeless. Go, go and work at a Christian sharing center. Go work at, at, with your kids at a soup kitchen, yeah. you know, and show them, like, it's more than talk. Because if we can talk all day long, it's great to say what we're going to do, but when we get up and we take a step out the front door and we don't do it, then it kind of all, it all crumbles. Right, right. So we've got we to gotta walk the walk. Faith yeah. in action. Well, yeah. and, and definitely community service is, is great. Uh, dinner at the, at the table in the study showed that those who have dinner each evening as a family uh, have good, strong Catholic uh, foundation. A good family foundation, right? Like how, how many times you hear about your kids' days w- when you get to the table, and, and sometimes you don't even have to ask, hey, what's going on today? How'd you do today? Oh, nothing. Oh, wow, you didn't do anything today? Man, what a boring day. And, you know, and, and then it'll come out, well, you know, my best friend got in an argument with me, and I'm no longer with the same boy or girl I was dating, and, and my teacher flunked me. And, like, you hear all these things that come out, and you're like, wow, oh, my gosh, like, that's what happened. And just ask more questions. Like, as parents, we should ask questions and then be quiet yeah. and just listen because their kids want to talk, and if they don't feel like they have people to talk to, like, it's, it's, it's sad. It's good, but it's sad how many kids will come up to me at, at a youth group and just talk. You know, and it's great. You know, I, I don't even think I'm that approachable, but like they they seem to just want to talk wow. and, and spill, you know, and sometimes they need that emotional dump um, to talk. And then they get to the spiritual one. And you ask them that faith question, like, hey, how's your faith life? And they're like, oh, it could be better. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going on? And you keep asking questions because you care, not because you're you have a job to do. Yeah, make sure the TV and the is off and the and the phone is elsewhere and not at the dinner table. No, that phone should not hit the dinner table when you have dinner as a family. Nope. The um, and what and another aspect was the fact that couples who stay married versus divorce have uh, children who become good Catholic adults. Better chance. Anyway. Oh, sure. You know, and the the thing is, uh, there's ideal situations, right? And then there's less than ideal. And, and mm-hmm. every family looks different. Yes, that is a strong, strong um, keeper of the faith for our children is, is a good example of marriage to follow, because a lot of kids, when their parents divorce, you know, their, their faith goes with it at times. But doesn't mean that if you're from a divorced family that, you know, that you're not necessarily going to have a good relationship with Jesus. So we got we to do everything that we can in our marriages with our spouse to show them we love them, treat them like Jesus is in them because he is, mm-hmm. and then our kids see that. So our kids mi- mimic and, and mirror what we do. That means when they're in relationships, they're going to look for relationships just like their parents had, and hopefully that's a good thing. Yes, for sure. And, uh, Alan, before we wrap up, you have a new book, and I hope next week that's what we're going to focus on. But share, everybody, about your, your new children's book. Oh, The Amazing Adventures of Bunny and Bear. Oh, it's, I'm so excited about this series. I, I'm glad we're going to talk about it next week. It is, and you guys are giggling at me, but it's focused on... It's a series, on, all right. 
I'm very excited. I'm it's focused it. on uh, on Scripture. So every adventure, every book that comes out will be focused on Scripture. The first one, of course, is my favorite, Psalm 23. And it goes all, kind of all, the, and they find the lost sheep, and, and they bring them to Jesus. And it's amazing how, you know, like the friendship that Bunny and Bear share and, and, that, and how we can connect with Scripture. But I want to focus each book on a Scripture. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, we're going to dive into that next week with Bunny and Bear, of course, with Alan Migliorato, AdventureCatholic.com. Thank you for being with us, pal. Okay, God bless you guys. Have a great week. All right, right you too. Don't go too far, folks. Wake Up Continues coming up next. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Our next guest is Livy Reeves. She's a licensed therapist over at Woman's New Life Clinic. Today, she joins us to give us her monthly update. And as always, they have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Hey, Livy, good morning and welcome to Wake Up. Good morning. Thank you guys so much for having me this morning. It's so great to have you with us, and we always look forward to updates from Women's New Life Clinic. You support women in unplanned pregnancies, crisis pregnancies, but also women's uh, wellness care as well. Um, And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into kind of an update of where we are. So as we know, abortion is still happening. It's uh, never going to go away. Um, it's been around for a long time, whether it's uh, you know legal or illegal. But in Louisiana, abortion is illegal. Um, so tell us about the phone calls that you've been getting since our last conversation um, with abortion still being illegal in Louisiana. Are people still coming to you guys? Absolutely. Um, we get dozens of calls every day at our New Orleans and Baton Rouge clinic of women in crisis just looking for their options and and looking for for what is available to them um and so yeah we get dozens of those calls and what's concerning is um you know abortion pill is is unfortunately very accessible to a lot of these women online um and we've seen a very concerning amount of calls come in um just people you know asking us about they've got it or they've got a way to get it and what should they do and so we're getting those calls every day You know, I remember when Roe versus Wade was overturned and there was a movement almost from the pro-choice side to go and order the abortion pill, whether it was male Mm -hmm. or female, just to have that, quote, stocked up. That was something that I found most disturbing um, because they didn't know where the direction was going to go for access to abortion for women in crisis pregnancies. This is terrifying, for a woman to take something yeah. like this and order it through the mail or order it online, um, what do women do if they have something like this accessible in their home or they have taken it? What's kind of the protocol if they call you? What happens next? Absolutely. So, you know, first we do offer the abortion pill reversal at our clinic through our nurse practitioner. Um, and she is wonderful and sensitive to the nature of, you know, what they've taken. And so our first concern is like, if they've taken it and they have regrets, there is still a very short time period where we can help with the reversal. And so that's one of our amazing things that we offer at our clinic is just the second chance to, to change your mind and, and have the ability to, to, you know, save the pregnancy and go forward with it. 
Well, and Livy, that's where you come in. You're a licensed therapist. This can be very okay. traumatic for the woman um, who has taken this. And it's also very traumatic whenever they're through going through a crisis pregnancy. So ta- walk us through exactly what you do and how you help women through this. Absolutely. So as a counselor, my job is just to, you know, provide a safe, an unbiased place for them to come because a lot of them are coming in and they're hearing things from friends and family and the media. So a first, just, a, you know, providing a place that is safe for them to unload exactly why they're in crisis. Why is this pregnancy, you know, such, you know, a terrible option or, you know, a crisis option for them. And we also offer lots of different formalities of counseling. And, you know, whether it's long-term counseling or they just need to come in one time and talk to somebody, we make that available for them. And we, you know, stop everything we can to get them seen right away. There are so many resources over at Women's New Life. You also offer free ultrasounds, free pregnancy tests. Um, It's kind of a, um, not a one-stop shop, but there are a lot of resources over there that women can get uh, that are free. And I I just want to put that more out there because uh, a lot of those resources aren't free or they they feel like they don't because they don't have health care insurance. It's going to cost a lot of money. You guys are there to offer that resource to them. Absolutely. And one of the unique um, therapies that I bring to the clinic is I bring EMDR, which means eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it targets, you know, PTSD. It targets trauma that a woman may be experiencing um, that could be a big decision on why this pregnancy is a crisis for her. So if she's experienced, um, you know, traumatic birth, uh, an infant loss, or just trauma that's preventing her from seeing this pregnancy as anything other than, you know, just something that's extremely traumatic for them. Um, EMDR is a wonderful therapy that offers um, just allowing them to target that trauma and decrease it and be able to work past it so that they can see the freedom from their, you know, their PTSD symptoms. Libby, this is this is David. Libby, let me, if if you don't mind, jump in here. A lot of women, when they come to you, it sounds like they are in total crisis mode, and what they need to hear is just somebody what they need is somebody just to listen to them for a while it sounds like Mm -hmm. uh, what you're describing and that in itself is therapeutic for them right Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and so and so the the hardest part is i mean how do they find you i mean when because they're they're hearing it from both sides do it don't do it and and they're fit to be tied and when Mm -hmm. they come to you things blessedly unravel for them i mean in a good way uh unwind for them how did how did they find you um so yeah i mean finding our clinic first of all we we make sure we try to get our name out there as as much as possible as a safe place we had just uh, the other day a client come in and the reason why she chose us is because she looked online at our website womensnewlife.com and she saw that it was a safe and non-biased non-judgmental place and so that you know and then of course word of mouth through the community and we try to you know make it as you know there's so many different avenues to go of where you could go so many people telling you these different things yes and that's where we're different is that we just want you to come in we just want you to know that it's safe we want you to understand the facts we want you to see an ultrasound we want to offer you material support if you need diapers wipes for your children you already have if it's a financial hardship we want to support you find resources available for you and that's what we try to get out there that all of these things wow. are available in that one stop that is you. wonderful 
Yeah, and and the and the staff over at Woman's New Life Clinic smile on their face. It's just a really peaceful environment, and yeah. you know that you'll be well taken care of as well. They will support you and your child. So, Livy, unfortunately, we have run out of time, but you have a couple of yeah. events coming up. Where can people go to find out more information about these events coming up? Yeah, so at at womensnewlife.com, um, we are obviously we have the Born to Run coming up, our 5K um, oh. on Saturday, April 13th, in Lafreniere Park. And then we have our Saved and Hope Dinner in Baton Rouge on May 8th. Both of these events um, are available to come in and join, meet the staff, and, uh, yeah, hear more about what we're doing and be able to help and con- contribute, whether financially or, you know, in person, volunteering. Perfect. Livy Reeves, licensed therapist, licensed therapist over at Women's New Life Clinic. You can go to womensnewlife.com for more information. Livy, thank you for being with us today. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Wow. Okay. Those, those people are my heroes. Yeah. That's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Good work. Yes. All right. Well, we ask that you be generous this whole entire week and during the Lenten season. We're called to do that. Help our fellow man and woman, and we're going to offer up a prayer as well for generosity. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, and to labor and not to ask for a reward, except that in knowing I am doing your will. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tomorrow, Regina Boyd joins us. She's going to be talking about leaving loneliness behind, five keys to experiencing God's love, and building a healthy connection with others. So we're going to talk about that. Dr. Tina Holland, Fran Yu has an update in Baton Rouge. And Carl Kozlowski is a Catholic comedian, and he's going to give an, give us a few laughs and uh, how we can learn a little bit more about him. I've never heard of a Catholic Not comedian yet. before. That's right. So this will be my first with Carl. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.